This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, it's Laura Norkin, deputy editor at InStyle.com. We're taking a short break, but wanted to reshare an episode from earlier in the season. Here is Ladies First with Laura Brown featuring Jessica Alba. Enjoy! I was really good at knowing who they needed me to be, how to like fall in love with me. That's why they hired me. I mean, why they pay you really is so that you can put asses in seats. Welcome to Ladies First with Laura Brown. I'm Laura Brown, editor-in-chief of InStyle Magazine. Each week, I'm talking to a legendary lady about what she does, how she does it, and what we can learn from her. Jessica Alba is an entrepreneur who just does everything and really does it good. Okay, this is not formal. Are you ready? I haven't had coffee this morning. I woke up at 6.30, 15, 6.07, I forgot, whatever time. I did a spin, and then I did knife training, and then I took a shower. Wait, what is knife training? It's a mo- So I think I'm going to be an actress again. Is it like knife twirling or knife stabbing? Stabbing, killing people that need to die. <laughs> I love action. I started in sci-fi and action, you know, that was my thing. And I just said, I don't want to shoot a bunch of guns. The director's a woman and she's into it. Well, it's like, what else are you going to use, you know? I mean, what's more, what else is like a cinematic murder? You know, poison where you got to wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lag. There's a lag. That's awesome. I love you and everything you do now. But I have one question. We'll just go from there. May 5th. NASDAQ. Jessica, Cash, and children arrive all dressed in sage. <laughs> yeah. Sage. Shades. Matching sage. Shades of, sh- of sage. <laughs> shades of sage. A memoir. The 10 year old company that you have. And there was bells are ringing and incredible pride. So, number one, congratulations because you actually did it and really did it. Tell me about that day. And I do tell me also a bit about the sage. So it was wild. It was a full-on out-of-body experience. It was totally surreal. I didn't have like a big wedding. You do so much prep, right, for this day that you've been thinking about probably for a lot of your life, especially if you watch Disney movies. You're like, the man, the wedding. And in that same sense, as an entrepreneur, there's probably that moment that you're like, okay, now you're really entering the big leagues, essentially, and and you're a a legitimate business and not just a concept. It really solidified this vision that I had to create honest and create a business that stood for good and really cares about people and really cares about the planet and builds this real community and engagement while doing it instead of just sort of talking at people and brainwashing you, sort of that old school way of marketing. It's a very innovative and and progressive and different approach to business, especially in the consumer space. It was definitely like pinch me moment. I felt like, like I was outside of my body, but then in my body at the same time. And I was just trying not to get too emotional because it was such an emotional day because I think you carry 
the weight of all the things that you went through to get to that point. And, and I felt the, the wins, I felt all the challenges, I felt all the heaviness, I felt all the naysayers, I felt all those sleepless nights, <laughs> the anxiety, all the moments I miss with my kids. You sacrifice so much when you're building a business and you look up and you're like, was it worth it? And having them part of that moment was, yeah, it was really emotional. I was just trying to keep it together and not be a blubbering mess. <laughs> How much in advance did the SAGE coordination commence? Definitely. The SAGE was a creative choice and we 100% briefed in the NASDAQ staff as well. And they said they never got a brief from a brand encouraging them to stick to a color palette. The CEO of NASDAQ said that. I've never seen a brand like take it to this level. And then you said, Welcome to me. Yeah. I was like, um, well, of course, so we can look cute in the picture. <laughs> I was like, you just have to reinforce the brand. That's all we strive for. Tell me how there seems to still not be a whole lot of true ownership with actresses running brands. Why do you think that is? Because I think running a business is impossible. <laughs> and, and I don't think it's for everyone. You know, there's a an accountability with um, business that's very different. You have accountability with your staff, right, and your team, but then you also have an accountability from a revenue, you know, like, like what your retail partners, if you do have retail partners, if you raise money to your investors um, and different investors have different expectations. And so I think you also have to be vulnerable and willing to learn and be curious. And those things don't always go hand in hand with being a, a great performer or actress or creative. So I, I just don't think that business is for everyone frankly. What in you made you particularly suited to it? Because maybe it's not something obviously you identified in the beginning of your career when you were making sci-fi movies. You were going, one day I'll be a, run a company. But what, what I always your... wanted to be a superhero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, what in your, in your character uh, abilities did you think made you so suited for this? I think I have a fearlessness that I was born with. And I also have like a work ethic that is pretty, I, I used to sort of take it for granted, but it's pretty unparalleled. There's no one that will outwork me. And, and I don't think that that's always a good thing. I just think that that drive to the goal and the relentlessness of the drive in combination with a fearlessness is what all entrepreneurs have. And there's a little bit of like an eccentricity, like we're all a little bit outside the box. Who do you admire as an entrepreneur? Who do you look at in business and just go, ah, oh, they know what's up, or that you see a commonality with? Well, I wouldn't necessarily put myself on that level, but I really, really admire Jeff Bezos. He is, for me, one of the most fearless, innovative people. Also, I love seeing the journey of a business model starting a certain way 
and pivoting and changing and being relevant with the consumer and being able to grow quickly at, at a clip, that's really hard, right? Essentially having to change your business your business model and which means your infrastructure and your processes like every two to three years, that is hard. That is why a lot of businesses are kind of doing the same old, same old. You are probably the savviest user of social media I know. T- you're not doing a TikTok. Well, actually, we're doing TikTok bloody dances. But you, well, I did you put your fan- ass on TikTok real early on. <laughs> I came over for dinner, and and I barely even I didn't know what TikTok was, but I was like, and and freaking magic thumbs elbow over here starts just like filming this thing where basically I just thought it was fun <laughs> and she goes no this now this now this and I'm like Ugh. and um no clue but your um, um, your skill with that is really impressive an intuitive skill with that and I see your social come up and I'm like okay she's doing the makeup tutorial now now she's doing the dance and now she's doing that I'm like shit how much of each, like, do you just do a day of it? Like, do you just bank stuff? Yeah. So Thursdays and Fridays, I've actually carved out to do content. By the way, I learned this from people like TikTok and YouTube and 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 Instagram influencers. I was like, how can you post every single day? But they basically spend like two days a week and they shoot all the videos for the week or for a month or whatever it is, they space them out. And that's how they get ahead of it. And I was like, oh, yes, that makes sense. During COVID, I mean, what else was I gonna do but shoot content? I'm on Zooms and this can just get relentless doing Zoom meetings, back-to-back business, you know, meeting after meeting after meeting. And so it was a nice, break from it and I got to do it with my friend Lizzie and and we started this like little tiny little production company and we just have fun and create content. Is it like two days a week that you get your twirly whirly hair and you get your makeup done and then basically you just spend like two days just jumping up and down or putting a blush brush in the front of the sometimes <laughs> mix but usually it's like a podcast or it's business conferences and so in between that stuff or it's like cooking videos, uh, ASMR. So I'll like collaborate with other sort of like people on social media and just do fun content just to sort of break it up. I'm not a desk person, you know, like in a corporate office kind of person. And so I need to do other things and and marketing is fun for me. And I like to experiment new ways of marketing on, on, on myself. And then if it works, then we can use it with other people. It's sort of also a strategic way to kind of leverage my own thing. What if you don't feel like it? I don't feel like it a lot, actually. No, <laughs> that's life, right? I don't, it doesn't really matter if I don't feel like it because again, my work ethic, but I started doing this funny thing where I was like, I'm going to do home renovations. I haven't told my parents yet, but I think I'm going to buy them my grandparents' house. I gutted it already. My grandpa recently passed away and we have so many memories in that house. My dad grew up in the house, so I was telling Lizzie, we're going to, we're going to do a home renovation. We're going to just like renovate every room. And then we're just going to find other people's places. And we're just going to do it. And she's like, how are we going to pay for it? And I'm like, I don't know, but I feel like maybe we can find sponsors for some of it, or I can, you know, do pieces of it, but I just want to do something else. 
it's already like halfway done. You're just like a walking kind of infrastructure, but like it's, it's just like, I'm, no, I'm going to get it done. No, I'm going to get done. No, I'm going to get done. That's everything is on social. And you're so good at it. How reliant are you on it though? Like personally, emotionally, obviously social media is great for some things and not great for others. So how do you use it and how do you take care that you don't get to go too much into the morass? I'll tell you where I'm not healthy. On Instagram, that's more of like my, here's an update of what people are doing. My like pleasure scroll is on TikTok where I'm just like, what are the kids doing? My news feed is Twitter. Pinterest is where I spend an abnormal amount, an unhealthy amount of time. I pin the shit out of everything. I put together every mood board. I have so many secret mood boards because I'm embarrassed by the amount of mood boards that are actually public. Okay, wait, what's your most shameful mood board? Oh, I have like a knobs and pools mood board, like fucking knobs and pools and doorknobs. Who am I? Who needs a mood board for hinges and knobs and pools? I'm a lunatic. Uh, I have problems. And I literally, I can, two o'clock in the morning, I'm finding these random ass companies in Denmark or whatever. Anyway, so I go down the dark hall of Pinterest. That's always been my addiction. So I never had friends growing up. I don't know if people know that. I was a, always a social outcast. I was sick as a kid. I didn't ever f- mesh with people my age. I had friends, but they were like touch and go. And, and I was mostly around my family. And then when I was like 14, I found friends through my cousin and her friends. And so I don't care uh, necessarily about, oh, did people like me or, or like pe- people like me or not like me with like the likes or the shares. For me, I'm like, I'm not doing a good job as a marketer if it doesn't get enough likes or it doesn't get shared enough. And so I then look at my strategy around, I look at it as a marketing vehicle instead of it being an extension of myself. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. But also you had, you know, earlier in your career as number one, God, I love this word, never use it anymore, starlet. Oh, yeah. Like an ingenue back in the day, yeah. An ingenue. Doesn't that sound like 1940? She's an ingenue. Uh Um, In the biz, new to the biz. (laughs) I had to convince them that I was because they were really not. (laughs) They they were like, wait, who are you? What are you trying to do? I'm just Albert. I'm an ingenue, God damn it. Tell me, like, how, because you did have that exposure validation success as as early as your late teens really so how does that actually behoove you to not live or die by it now I would say I didn't trust it right I knew the only reason why people knew about me is because I was part of marketing campaigns for Fox I did my TV show with Fox my first one with James Cameron and then I did a lot of movies with Fox and they're incredible global marketers and I was very strategic with how I showed up on set, how I showed up in those markets, how I marketed for the IP that they were, or the the product that they were trying to put out there, whether it was a a superhero kids movie or a one hour drama action thriller sci-fi. So I was really good at knowing who they needed me to be and how to like get audiences and 30 seconds on Leno, how to like fall in love with me and 
try to get them to watch that show or watch that movie because that meant success for, that's why they hired me, right? I mean, why they pay you really is so that you can put asses in seats. And so I felt like that was my job. I didn't really believe the hype. Um, and at any moment, as, as high as you can go, they can't wait to squash you or get rid of you or onto the next one. And so I always knew that as well. It always felt temporary. And I didn't in my heart feel sexy or any of those things. I was wildly insecure. I was insecure about being a woman. I had a lot of body uh, shame. I wasn't comfortable with my femininity at all. You know, I've been going to therapy <laughs> and trying to deal with a lot of that stuff, but I would say the first time I really felt connected to my body and to myself as a woman uh, and connected to the feminine side of myself was actually after I became a mom. Tell me more about that. I think it took me out of the objectifying lens that you're only just a sort of like object that is meant to be desired by people in a certain way and it's very shallow. And I was so deeply uncomfortable with sexuality. And I played characters, right? Whenever I did interviews, I would play a character. And whenever I did anything, I would. it was always a character. It wasn't really me or how I really felt about myself. And then when I had honor, I really felt vulnerable. And I she like broke me open and I really felt like you know what, I don't need to be ashamed or feel like I'm, I'm worthless or that I'm, I only have a value for, for one shallow thing. And for other people, yeah. I, I need to be me and in my body and feel good because that is gonna really, how I see myself is how my daughter is gonna eventually see herself because kids, they learn through example more than words. They do. So. And you were, tw hang on, 27 when you had on? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 27. And that's young. Yeah. I mean, I really felt like I went through like a midlife crisis at 27. <laughs> well, of course, from starting so early in your career. I was 12 when I started. Yeah. Well, tell me, but what was the midlife crisis? Like, okay, I've existed in this sphere and now I'm going to have to rapidly exist in this one. I only knew my career came first and it was a relentless pursuit and I didn't experience any real joy or connection in a way that ever meant more than my career or the goal. And so all of my friendships, all even my family relationships, everything, I, 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 I would let it get to a point, but always work came first. I didn't sleep. I didn't like take breaks. I didn't have birthdays. I didn't holidays. None of it mattered. It was just about work work, work, work. Optimizing, optimizing, optimizing. Yeah. And I was not living in the moment ever. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy my life. I was afraid of not being able to have the freedom to be happy if I was so worried about money and struggling financially. And I think that comes from just seeing how hard it was for my parents. And so I just knew that it's really difficult to be happy when you're living paycheck to paycheck. And it's, and it's hard to be in a relationship. You can't get your head above water. I think that was really my driver into wanting to be successful. And then after I had honor, it was the first time I like spent a year in one place. And then Cash was like, babe, like you need to be okay. Like just trust that you're okay and that you're gonna work and it'll always be there, but what do you want? 
And then when I was looking around at what I wanted, I was like, I want my family. Like, I want to have a relationship. I want to like, sleep in. I want to like have birthdays. I want to like have memories. And more than living in hotels and 18 hour days on sets with strangers. Now you, you become fast family, but at the end of the day, like they're strangers. It's not lasting. It's not lasting. And then when I learned about sort of health and wellness, and I really started to think about my own mortality. And then I started to think about my daughter's mortality and, and Cash's. And I, my mom's mom passed away when I was little. And, and she never had a dad in her life. And her grandmother and her great man, they all, they all died within, I think, a, a year of, um, and, and all when I was little. So my mom was sort of left with no family, and then she had cancer and couldn't have children anymore. All by the time she was like 22, I think. I had this fear suddenly of like, oh my God, I could get cancer. Oh my God, my mom can die. Oh my God, my grandmother could die. And I was like thinking of all the things my mom went through for the first time. And first of all, I was really apologetic because I was kind of an asshole <laughs> to my mom. Hey, hey mom. mom. One thing. I'm really sorry. I'm sorry for being <laughs> such a dick. It's a bit of a dick. <laughs> I was such a dick. Oh, I'm really sorry, mom. I know you were doing, try to do your best. <laughs> and then I was like, how do I keep myself alive and thrive, you know, for as long as humanly possible and be good? And then also this little person, how do I protect her? And that's where I, I really got the drive and the idea to start this company. Because like you said, when I was little, I was never like, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur when I grow up. I wanted to be a superhero. <laughs> you came into yourself. You, you were a mama before I met you. Probably had honor, I think. But I knew that just as an, as a, an outsider. But I was like, oh, here's someone who's really hitting her stride now. Like, yes, there's a carpet and a dress and a paycheck and a fan base and some random man probably with your, a tattoo of your face on him. You know, <laughs> that uh, has or, happened. Or, yeah. Yeah. How does that feel, by the way? Just as I'm just song? like, it's permanent. I don't know what to say, guy. <laughs> That's permanent. <laughs> Are you sure? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Ladies First with me, Laura Brown. Jessica Alba is the ultimate boss and spend enough time with her, she'll boss you around too. Laughingly. It's funny, I was talking to two of my girlfriends who are also entrepreneurs. One of them started an organic food company called Foodsters and then another one started ClassPass. It's like a fitness, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, Multiple different gyms. Yeah, and, and we were uh, all saying that we missed that jealous or envy gene. Like we were never looking at other people's lives. Like that person's really got it. All three of us were like, yeah, I never grew up with that thing. I always envied men. 
because I was like, why do they have it so dang easy? <laughs> you know, like, especially, especially yeah. white guys. Yeah. I was like, you know, my God, doors just fly open. Obviously, I'm what I'm saying is, is very general and people are born in, un, you know, in, in unfavorable circumstances. But I think if you took two people born in unfavorable circumstances and you're a white dude or um, um, any anyone else, it's just a different a different reality of what is possible. Breaking news. And so I guess I was always looking at like, why do those dudes have it so easy? And why am I left out of this? And why are we like, this is not right. And so I guess that's the only people I ever looked at is like, I need to get some of that. I deserve a piece of, of whatever that reality is. Tell me, how are you as a boss? I would say I'm direct. I would say that sometimes it takes me a second to process. But once I connect the dots, I'm ready to go. And so I just want to make sure like everyone else is on the same page. I do more teaching than leading. And so I'm learning how to be a better leader and less of a teacher. I do a lot of teaching and then I also do a lot of doing. Uh, and then that also disempowers the team. And so I'm learning that if I'm constantly just like, oh, I'll just do it myself and I just go and do it, then they never figure it out for themselves. I think that's hard for me because I do, I'm very particular um, <laughs> details. So. You know, one of my favorite things, I think one of my favorite things about you is, is if maybe that we've both had a couple of beverages, you know, and you start going, you know what you should do? And you start <laughs> pointing and then you start like cooking up all the, no, you don't understand, no. No, you should be doing this and he should be doing that. And I guess you're sort of being a boss lady, but I always find it very touching. I'm always like, oh, here she goes. Here she goes. <laughs> it's my favorite. Well, because in my mind, I've worked out someone's potential already <laughs> and I can see it. And not everyone wants to be more than what they're doing right now. And in fact, people are, might be really happy with where they're at. And I'm always like, the next thing, because life is about evolving into your next thing. And I'm an entrepreneur. I've always been like that though. I, I always see people's potential and then I, 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 re, I remind them of, of what is possible for them. Regardless of beverages. Beverages might hasten it. Usually it's a lot of beverages. It's when the guard comes down and I'm just like, you really need to be this thing. You're fucking boss. And I don't know if you know this about yourself, but you, you're too good for your position. You're like life coaching. That'll be a new thing. But okay, you know, renovations and life coaching. Okay, we do this thing. It's called 10 firsts. But this is particularly on point. First drink you order? Margarita. <laughs> I mean, you know this. <laughs> well, guess what? Some people don't. Oh, sorry. Well, sometimes it's uh, vodka on the rocks with two olives, but usually margarita. And how do you take your margarita? Uh, a little spicy and not too sweet. <laughs> a biography. Okay, the first thing you look at on your phone in the morning? My calendar. Does it fill you with fear? Resolve, relief. Oh, actually, what I've been doing is looking also at my sleep app, my Aura sleep app to tell me my quality of sleep and then what my day exertion should be. I'm trying to be more mindful, Laura, 
I even have alarms. But, they, but of course, this is what, what something that you would do, actually. But you would have an aura thing that has a score on it, that is a score that you have to look at and then, like, see how you do with your day. You know who also does that? He told me about it in the first place, Cindy Crawford. Oh, we're kindred spirits. And I was like, oh, my Christ, I just want to, like, lie on my face. Okay, first person you call. My assistant, probably. But a choiceful call, usually my mom or my dad. My dad told me for a long time, he was like, you know, your mom, you and your mom wouldn't fight so much if you just called her once in a while. She just misses you and she doesn't know how to say it. And so you guys just start. So it took me about 10 years to let that one sink in. <laughs> okay, first joke you remember. <sighs> My kids like jokes. They got some good ones. I'm not good, I know. I'm not good with the jokes. Well, okay, but okay, what makes you laugh then? My kid, and when people are just like so, you know, completely themselves and not really self-aware, that makes me giggle. Okay, first, fashion splurge. When you were first like, ooh, I've made it and I'm buying a cute thing. It sounds bougier than it is, but I lived at the Four Seasons in <laughs> Vancouver, which was like more like the Two Seasons back in the day, in the in the early two thousands. They have since renovated it, which is summer and winter. And there's a mall <laughs> attached to it called Holt Renfrew, and I've never lived in in a place that that was so icy, like icy rain, sideways icy rain. And I was always so cold and I only had really like a little bit of sunlight because I worked nights. Just, I was so cold and I bought this like thousand dollar cashmere gold flex cow neck sweater thing. And I wore that thing to death. I think it's still in storage and it was like so expensive and I saved up my per diems and I just, and I bought this. So yeah, my first splurges were saving up per diems. And my next one was in Malaysia. I bought like a Prada resort, uh, some sandals and a bag. And I saved up my per diems for that too. Of all people I know, you have the most silky separates. Oh, I'm wearing one. Yeah. Yeah. How, how many silky separates do you <laughs> so have? So many. <laughs> so many. You know, because I just want to feel like I'm in my pajamas, basically. You're, you're my silkiest friend. You're my f most flowery boho friend you're always in like layers of of like feminine floral like bright colors like nice colors and florals and feminine and boho which is weird because i'm not really boho at all i don't know I'm, you I'm are full, a damn liar <laughs> you are forget first time you owned your shit my I ironed my shit. That you owned, owned, owned. She owned your shit. Oh, I owned my, I was like, ironed my yeah. shit. How does that work? That would smell. First time you really stood up for yourself or said, I will or will not do something. Ooh. Well, I had to learn to do that pretty early because, you know, child actors and entertainment and models get propositioned to do very uncomfortable and inappropriate things pretty early. And so pretty early I had to stand my ground. You know what? I ended up really having this very aggressive exterior. Don't even try it, you know, like don't even try to come into this situation. Okay. First date. Oh, it was awkward. 
It was with this guy, he liked me a lot. And I was just like, bleh, I wanted a bar. When you're like, ah, I don't know like what to do and I should be at the age where I should know how to go on a date. And I just didn't like any of it, any of it. And it made me like feel nauseous. So you even actively drooled and he still went for it. Yeah, he was still like trying to hang out. Oh, God bless. <sighs> okay, last two, you ready? First thing you turn on TV. CNN or BBC. The first thing. I know, yeah. Hmm. What's okay, what's the thing that you do if you're like not being proper news lady? Like on the weekends? Um, the kids and I watch documentaries or, well Cash and I watch documentaries or the kids watch Survivor or, I don't know, some random show. Firefly Lane we're watching now. Which is actually about your neighborhood. Okay, um, <laughs> first, first thing you do or eat if you're stressed out. I don't eat when I'm stressed out. I take a bath and I probably drink too much adult beverages. <laughs> and then just just wandering the house with a just glass cry. of vodka chanting. <laughs> just chanting. Um, and okay, first thing, and this actually is something a question I've been asking for like seven months, and thank God it's actually almost moot, is now that the pandemic is just we're seeing the tail end, what's going to be the, the thing that you want you most want to do now that mm. you can do stuff? I want to take the kids on a trip to Europe. You need to pack right now. You need to I pack know. right now. I know. I have to get Haven's passport. Jessica Alba, I am, yeah, yeah, I'm your friend, but I'm your admirer. For all the success you've had, for the way that you've done it, and, and particularly for the way that you've let yourself open up to your your family and your relationships and let, let your little heart crack open. It is so impressive. So... Thank you for being on Ladies First. Oh, thank you. I love you too. Thanks for listening into my chat with Jessica Alba. This has been Ladies First with Laura Brown. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow us so you don't miss an episode. And we love your feedback. If you could please rate us and leave us a review and make me feel loved, that'd be great. Thanks to our production team at Pod People, Rachel King, Matt Sav, Danielle Roth, Anne Ford, Anne Kane, and Andy Bosnap. And thanks to Brian Anstey, Molly Stout, and Haley Mason at InStyle. You can find out more at InStyle.com. Find us on Instagram at InStyle Magazine, on Twitter at InStyle, and you can find me on Insta and Twitter at LauraBrand99.